Hello and welcome to another episode of Radiance and Resilience. I'm Betty Parker, your host. Today on our quest to become more emotionally intelligent, we're going to talk about anger and frustration. I know I said last week that the most dangerous emotion for me is fear. I just hate feeling afraid. But equally as dangerous is the emotion of anger when it is uncontrolled. I want to emphasize that uncontrolled part. Like so many emotions, anger is not all bad. In fact, it can be fuel for righting wrongs. So it's fine when it's righteous indignation, you know, when the anger is because of unfairness or injustice, but it's also dangerous because it can get out of control very easily. Emotionally intelligent people learn how to manage their anger and to minimize their frustrations. I've coupled the two, even though they're very different in their definitions. Frustration is the act of preventing the accomplishment or fulfillment of something. Now, anger will do the same thing, but doesn't that also sound like fear, like I described last week? Remember when I kept telling you that fear will stifle you and keep you from moving, make you stand in place when you ought to be moving forward? Well, today we'll address how to recognize our own behavior when we're angry and that of other people. You're going to learn what to do when you detect that flash of emotion that tends to want to send you out of control and then how to neutralize it. And you'll be able to do the same for other people as well. There's some great stuff ahead. So I want you to stick around. And after these messages, we're going to see what you can do to take the anger out of your life, to minimize the frustration, and to continue to be successful in all that you want to achieve. I'll be right back. Crushing Goliath, Winning Practices for Slaying Giant People Problems is the latest publication by author and leadership consultant, Betty Parker. For leaders who struggle with managing conflict, there is hope in the story of David and Goliath. Within these pages unfolds a war plan that is concise and effective. This book provides practical applications to address workplace conflict as well as personal contentions that threaten relationships. The Goliath Method breaks down the story into valuable leadership lessons that address specific and seemingly gigantic people problems. Whether dealing with a difficult employee who crosses boundaries, a boss who is a bully, a team that is dysfunctional, or a marriage that is crumbling. The Goliath Method provides practical solutions that can help even the most unskilled person manage conflict with confidence. Within this ancient story, everyone can find modern ways to slay the giants of life. And like David, they will be victorious. Pre-order your copy today at thesharpersolution.com forward slash crushing Goliath. Welcome back to Radiance and Resilience. So we're talking about anger and frustration, and I want to share a quick story with you of a situation that I was involved in when someone allowed their anger to get out of control. All of you at some point have dealt with some road rage, whether it was your own rage or the rage of someone else. This was a road rage incident that I was involved in as I was driving down the interstate some years back. I had my two young kids in the car with me and my husband, and we were traveling up to Charlotte, North Carolina. There was a time when I, I think I changed lanes and I was moving from the 
right lane into the left to pass a car. When I looked in my rear view, I saw this car on my bumper. And I realized at that point, you know what? I may have just cut this guy off. He was so close to the back of me. I don't think he could have raced up from behind me that soon. I think he may have already been in that lane or crossing over at the same time I was and I cut him off some kind of way. So I felt bad immediately. And my thinking was I wanted to make it right, right? Because here's the deal. We can't always control other people's anger. We can control our own, but we can create the environment where we can neutralize how other people might be feeling in a particular situation with us, especially if we are the ones who caused them to be angry in the first place. So my thought was I'm going to get back over in the right lane after I passed the car I was trying to pass. And then when he came up next to me, I don't think he would have been able to see me because he was in the driver's side. And the window that was going to be closest to me was going to be the passenger side. But I was hoping somebody would be sitting there. I wasn't sure. But I would mouth the words, I'm sorry, right? I wanted to be apologetic in case I did cut the guy off. Well, unfortunately, he didn't even allow for that. Because as soon as I got over in the right lane, he cut so close to me, I think in an attempt to seem like a threat or to show me his frustration and anger that I almost felt like he could have clipped my front bumper and sent me and my family careening off the side of the road. That's how angry he was. He was so close to it. He didn't even permit me the opportunity to say, I'm sorry, right? And it's hard to do on the road anywhere, but it's interesting how when it comes to road rage incidents, people immediately assume the worst of other people. And I would dare say at least 95% of us who are out there driving have at some point in our lives missed somebody in our blind spot and cut them off. We didn't intend to do it, but we did it by accident. But we don't extend a lot of grace to other people. We just feel like there was some slight against us that we were somehow disrespected. And the next reaction is to lash out. And that's what tends to happen in situations where anger gets out of control. Remember I was talking about in the introduction it, that uncontrolled anger that will get us in trouble. It's those times when we immediately react only out of the emotion, out of the emotion and not necessarily out of our intelligence. We don't think things through. We don't try to rationalize it and try to understand from the other person's perspective. Maybe that was simply a mistake. We just feel what we feel at that moment and we react in that moment according to our emotions. So that's why anger has to be tempered in some way because it can become something that will cause us to act out in ways that can be a danger to us and even to other people. We may regret it later on, but in that moment, we might do something pretty stupid and offensive to somebody else. So I want us to learn how to temper that anger. And when we think about it in our work environments, it can really cause us some challenges with the people that we work with, whether that person is our boss who we get angry with or the system that we're working in or the company's policies or a coworker or whatever. We can always find reasons to be angry, right? And especially in a work environment. So let's say, for example, I feel um, that somehow uh, I'm being mistreated on the job, especially when it comes to pay. I find out by accident that one of my male coworkers who is doing the same job that I'm doing, we're peers, he's making about $10,000 more than I am. Now, I might feel that I'm more qualified than him. I might feel like I do a better job than he does, that I'm more conscientious about the work that I'm doing. 
I put my all into it. I'm coming in early. I'm staying later than him. And I'm getting accolades for it, right? I mean, my boss is recognizing that I'm doing great work. I've, I've gotten some awards and recognition for it. But when it comes to the pay, I find out that there's not equity in that pay. And now I'm angry because I feel like I've been used by this company for years when there's somebody who's doing less than me and I'm not getting the same pay that he is. So that can fuel some anger. And if I don't approach the situation in the right way, if I don't control those immediate emotions that I feel where I want to just march into my boss's office and start, you know, complaining and yelling and maybe pounding my fist on the table or accusing and pointing a finger at him or her about how I feel so mistreated, that can be a, 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 a definite detriment to my ability to be able to move forward, forward with him or her and to be able to work this job in the best possible way. So I have to temper that. Now, if I go in there, even with the right attitude, I might still say something that upsets my boss because they can still feel like I'm accusing them of being unfair towards me. So even though I can't control the way they feel, I can create an environment that will slow down some of the steam that might be going on between the two of us. And that I'm going to share with you when I get to the part on how to fix some of this. But here's what we're talking about in terms of anger, right? There's some things that are just going on. They're not right. And even though I might be totally right about my, you know, the, the discord I feel within myself about how I'm being treated, that still requires that I, you know, approach the situation in a way where I am not acting purely out of emotion. Think about a situation at home too, right? It's not just at work, but we get angry at home for a lot of reasons. We might feel diminished at home by our family members. It could be maybe your parents, they kind of take advantage of you. At least you feel that way. The minute you go by to see them, there's always something they got for you to do. You have brothers and sisters who don't step up and serve in a household for your parents as much as you do. Your parents are getting older. They need more things. And every time, because you're the, the closest one, you're the one that's local and closest to mom and dad in terms of proximity, but you got all these brothers and sisters. And even though they are spread out around the country, they can still contribute, right? They can contribute time. They can come out sometimes and see if mom and dad need anything or if there is money that needs to be shared because they have expenses that everybody needs to pitch in and help with or whatever it is. But you might be feeling really frustrated and angry with your family members for reasons like that. And so this goes on all the time. And depending on how we approach the situation, oh my goodness, this could be like a keg of dynamite. And if we're not careful, we can destroy relationships as a result of that. So I'm going to talk to you a little bit about how to fix those situations, right? How to be in the midst of a very difficult uh, interaction with somebody and yet tend to bring about a sense of calm. You still have to talk about the situation. I'm not saying don't be angry. I'm not saying don't address it. These are important conversations that need to be had. But if you're bringing all emotion in there, then we can't get to the crux of what needs to be fixed. So we'll go back to our example of, you know, me feeling like there's not parity in pay uh, according to what I found out about my coworkers pay and mine in comparison. So one of the things we have to learn how to do and I, I don't like telling people what they have to do, but this is really important. We have to learn to extend grace in times like that. Remember I talked about the road rage incident. If the guy had only 
consider, you know, oh, maybe she just made a mistake or maybe she just didn't see me. I've done that myself sometimes, you know, that kind of thing. If, if he had had that conversation with himself, he wouldn't have reacted so violently toward me. All right. And possibly putting me and my family in danger. So when we go in, we have to extend grace. Maybe my boss, yes, he knows or she knows about the, the, um, the lack of parity and pay with me and my coworker. But maybe that boss came in when that was already in place. Maybe they already have some things that they're thinking about in terms of rectifying this issue, but they've run into roadblocks themselves. Since we've never had this conversation, I can't immediately come in, come in wagging my finger at them and making accusations against them when I don't know the full story. I'm not saying that my coworker deserves to have more money than me, but there's probably more to that story than I know. So I have to extend a little bit of grace Come in and make it known that I know what's going on and I want things to be fixed, but I don't want to come in like gangbusters and upset my boss because I don't know the full story. All right. So we need to be more empathetic and offer a little bit more grace. And empathy is one of those emotions. And that's one we definitely need to put. Uh, we need to start asserting more of in this whole world. <laughs> My goodness, if we can only empathize with other people when they're, especially around social injustice, I think we would be a much more loving, not just nation, but a much more loving world if we would try to put ourselves in the shoes of other people who have concerns about what's going on with them and with their particular cultural groups or what's going on with them in their particular region or country, uh, region of the country. So there are a lot of things that we don't know about. And because we don't live everybody else's lives, we can't sit in judgment of another person. We have to stop for a minute and say, wow, if I was in that predicament, I'd probably feel the same way. How can I be of help? Right. As opposed to, to being judgmental and telling those people that what they're feeling is unrealistic or they're overreacting or they're too super sensitive or they want more than they deserve. Because those are a lot of things that uh, different cultural groups will hear. So when I go back to my work environment uh, situation, it would be good to be empathetic. If I'm the only one that has control over my feelings, I'm going to be a little bit more empathetic toward my boss and say, okay, if I'm sitting in the seat where he or she is sitting and an employee comes and talks to me about not feeling like they're being treated fairly, what kind of, how would I want to feel in that moment? Not accused, Right. Not, uh, you know, feeling like I'm on, on the end of the stick uh, and about to be attacked in some way, but that this person wants to sit down and genuinely have a good conversation with me. So be empathetic, show empathy and extend grace. The other part is to help people to feel like you hear them too. All right. If you want to reduce some of the anger that exists there, try to help a person understand that you are listening to them. You're not dismissing their concerns. You're not dismissing how they feel in the moment because some people need to have their feelings validated. They're much more expressive and much more emotional than other people. And to just jump past that and go into, you know, oh, you're being ridiculous about how you're coming in here with this concern. No, to acknowledge that person's feelings and to deal with that first would do a lot to neutralize the situation. So you couple that with empathy. It shows that I'm really, really listening to that individual. So if I'm the boss and an employee comes in and complains about a lack of parity and play and pay, I would say something to this effect. You know what? I can understand this is a frustrating situation for you. If I were in your shoes, I'd feel the same way. Now, it's hard for a person to argue back with you when you're in agreement with them. If they do, they're just arguing for the sake of arguing, all right? But when you state back to them very clearly what they might be feeling at that particular time, 
then you're helping them to recognize that you hear them. And when people feel heard, then they will calm down and we can go forward with this uh, communication. But what you have to do is root out the real reason for the anger. Because a lot of times people will come to you with symptoms of something and you are thinking that they're angry about one thing, but it's much more deeply rooted. And so that's why the conversation has to happen and it needs to be a meaningful conversation and it needs to be an open and very honest conversation. So those are just a few things you can do in terms of mitigating some of the issues that might occur when people feel angry and frustrated. Because remember I said earlier, frustration is about not even being able to get forward in that, go forward in that conversation. It gets in the way of accomplishment, right? So if I allow my frustrations to get the better of me, then I've killed our chance of, you know, rectifying some of the issues. So I've mentioned to you that going forward in all of these um, episodes, we're going to be tackling a different emotion each time. And today's emotions, I kind of gave you two, a twofer here, (laughs) is anger and frustration. But we're going to be talking about these in much more depth in the coming classes. I want you to listen to the upcoming commercial on our Crushing Goliath workshop that's upcoming because this requires a lot of depth of discussion and it really does require some introspection and us being honest with ourselves. So I want to challenge you uh, to come and be a part of that workshop. Invest in yourself, invest in your own development. Look at ways in which you can take some of what you learned just in this short time in this podcast and bring it to a bigger class uh, setting that we're going to be having during the summer and talk through some of these, uh, these situations so that you can be better equipped to not just deal with people at work, but even at home and in your communities. So I appreciate you listening to this particular episode. If you have any questions or concerns, by all means, drop them in the comment section. I'm looking for the first 50 people. And thank you to those last week who commented, you're already going to take advantage of the, um, the special discounts. Uh, that we'll be offering for this summer's workshop. But I'm going to leave you with this one action step or question. I try to leave you with one question and that's what I want you to put in the comment section. So the question is, how have you or how do you manage your anger so that it doesn't control you? Okay. How have you or how do you manage your anger so that it doesn't control you. I'm Betty Parker. I appreciate you stopping in and listening. I hope you'll stick around for next week's session. We're going to be uh, tackling yet another emotion. I look forward to hearing from you in um, the comment section here. And I just thank you for being a supporter. Take care and have a great week. Crushing Goliath, winning practices for slaying giant people problems is not only a new thought-provoking book, but it's also coupled with a two-hour workshop that will be premiered in July 2021. You can sign up your entire team at work to participate, or you can join one of the public sessions on your own. These interactive workshops will be held every Thursday in July at two times, 10 a.m. to noon and 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Choose the one that best suits your schedule. For the first 50 commenters on our podcast, you will receive half off the tuition for the workshop, which includes the Crushing Goliath workbook. Get ready to learn how to manage tough people issues and face conflict with greater confidence. Register now at thesharpersolution.com forward slash Crushing Goliath.